0: welcome wildcats to another episode of leader state weekly softball show we're a member of the big sky podcast network and i'm your host colby peterson on our show today we've got a returning panel of guests uh we've got first of all out of the gate we've got the signpost's own simon mortensen with the shirt what's (laughs) up man long time no talk just kidding we talked on monday night about coach ray's uh, retirement what's up with you man
1: we did talk on Monday night. I don't know if anything's changed lately. That's pretty quick right there. I don't, I don't really have a status update. Just work in school, right?
0: <laughs> just work in school. I mean, as a student, like what else could it be, right? Like that, that's all you need in life, just work in school. That's right. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming on, man. And then also, we have uh, another returning panelist tonight, Jessica Euler, with us on the show. Jessica, how are you been?
2: Super excited to be here. I'm going to compete with Mo tonight for who has better hotel internet. That's, that's what my entire evening goal is. So we'll see how we <laughs> make it through here. <laughs>
3: we'll
2: yeah. put a bet on
3: that. <laughs> yeah, just feeling
0: confident. Well, uh, yeah. So we appreciate Jessica Euler for uh, joining us from a hotel. Actually, I didn't ask you where the hotel was, but joining us from a hotel somewhere. We appreciate you taking <laughs> some time to chat with us on Weber State Weekly. And uh, yeah, so let's, uh, let's look at what's ahead of us here on the show this week. So we've got a player interview like like Jessica noted. We're going to be talking to senior pitcher Mariah Ramirez about um, just about the season. I'm going to talk to her a little bit about you know, coming back off of her uh, 2021 campaign where she won conference pitcher of the year and kind of talk, take us through this year and, and the accolades that she was able to garner this year. Then we'll do a weekend recap talking all about the Big Sky Conference tournament and the Wildcats run ruling their way through the competition in the Big Sky to win the conference championship crown once again. Uh, Then because of that, that makes the Wildcats the Big Sky champions and gives them a berth into the NCAA tournament. So they'll be, they're currently in Seattle right now in the uh, the Seattle regional, and they'll be taking on Texas on Friday at 3.30 Mountain Daylight time. And so we've got a little bit of a preview of who Texas is. Uh, have not seen this opponent in a, in a couple of years, faced them back in 2020, but it's been a couple of years since we've seen them. So we've got a little bit about their team, about kind of their, their position in the Big 12 and all that. So we'll go through all that good stuff as we talk softball tonight. But before we get into all that, I want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. All good places to find Weber State Weekly. We're also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter, one of the best places to interact with us. We'll probably be pretty busy on game day on Friday. Uh, tweeting the game and trying to interact with fans. Um, going to be a good one and we're excited to kind of see how the wildcats match up against the number 15 team in the country and then there's also our patreon you go to patreon.com slash weber state weekly i've been thinking about something to do on that patreon account um soon and um I got, an, I got an idea that i'll be announcing soon and seeing if we can get the support of our patrons to kind of help us expand our coverage of weber state next season so that should be coming soon and then also we want to shout out our sponsor tonight for the show Studio 98. Uh, if you're looking for a ring that's not dumb, boring, run of the mill, all of those things, you want something that really dazzles on your finger, check out Studio 98. They've got a they've got a lot of really interesting designs using unique and rare woods. So check out their website, it's studio98.com. That's studio n i n e and the number 8.com, run by a fellow wildcat loves the purple and white just as much as you and I do. So go check them out and support them. They got a lot of beautiful rings like I said. They even got a flying W ring and uh it's not on the website but i bet you if you email them and you ask for it uh they'll probably make you one and it's really cool and it's on my hand so go get yourself one of those rings email those good folks at studio 98 want to thank them for their support of weaver state weekly so now let's uh let's bring in our player interview let's uh let's join our welcome back really uh mariah ramirez is our first returning guest from the softball team we interviewed her last season on the heels of her win. um becoming conference pitcher of the year. Um, but Mo Ramirez, thanks so much for taking some time to join us once again and chat a little bit of softball. We know you guys are super busy right now. So this time right now means even more to us because uh, you guys are, you know, living your best life up in Seattle.
3: Yeah. Thank you for having me again.
0: <laughs> now we're excited to chat with you, man. And so um, it's been a while since we chatted last um, things have obviously changed You become, you've added uh, at least one more ring, maybe two, I mean, regular season champs. And now, conference champions in the tournament so add a little bit more hardware to your trophy case but uh i wanted to kind of go back and kind of walk us through this season and so let's go back it seems like so long ago now but let's go back to the beginning of the season um coming off of you know i think everybody this whole season has agreed that nobody ended the season the way that they wanted to back in the at the end of you know in may 2021 left a sour taste in the mouth We have a a mantra here on Weaver State Weekly, never lose to the green teams. Unfortunately, that's what happened. The Wildcats lost twice to the green teams. Didn't happen this year, by the way. But uh, I wanted to kind of like talk a little bit about bouncing back from that. Um, You come back from the season, you had a great outing against Bradley to open the season for you. And then a couple of rough outings against some really good competition, man. Like playing UCLA, who is, you know, a top 10 team perennially. Probably one of the best teams ever, and one of the one of the most storied programs in in college softball. And then also another tough outing against the good Cal State Fuller team, Fullerton team. And so, talk to us a little bit about I mean those outings and kind of you know grinding through that Southern California trip and how you were able to bounce back because you bounced back in a really big way once we got into that conference slate.
3: Yeah, no, I did struggle a little bit towards the beginning of the season. Um, I really got in my head and was just trying to be something that I wasn't. And forgot that, you know, spinning the ball, keeping the ball low, not trying to always, like, throw so hard, really, like, is what worked out for me. So that pretty much, like, set me the path to, like, succeed more towards the end of the season. Really, like, dig deep and dig – and also have my teammates dig into me to be, you know, that returning, like, pitcher of the year and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's basically what really – had my mindset changed halfway through season and you know ucla is a really tough team like offensively and def- defensively you know so going out there and getting the ball you know a little a little nervous the first inning did give up a couple hits but then at the end of the day i was like you know like this is a learning lesson for me this is just something that i'm gonna have to bring into my next practice my next bullpen, and really learn from that so yeah <laughs>
0: Like we said, um, lesson learned and bounced back in a big way once the conference slate got started. But uh, Jessica or Simon, questions for um, 2021 Big Sky Pitcher of the Year, Mariah Ramirez.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, so this season, you had some help in the rotation with the arrival of Arissa and Mandy Sink was there too. So really, I mean, we've talked about it quite a few times this season, just how stacked um, pitching is for the Wildcats this year. How did you all see the split of duties this year?
3: Um, Basically, kind of seeing the split of duties. Like, whoever is just on their game, like, Arissa has been just a crucial person to the pitch pitching staff like we wouldn't have come this far without her basically you know and I've also learned from her a lot Mandy's also learned from her like just seeing like the depth that we have in our pitching staff I would say like we do have the best pitching staff I believe in the big sky I've believe it so myself and just making sure like we have each other's back and just seeing you know hey what do I need to work on for my bullpen or like can you help me with this and just really helping each other has really like been crucial to this pitching staff too.
1: Definitely. Well, you only like shut out, you know, the entire tournament, you know, all the teams that you played against. So I think that that pitching rotations may be a little bit of a debatable point on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's actually kind of what I'm about because, um, you know, I think I think Kobe will kind of talk about, you know, your game on that um, Sac State game. Um, but that's kind of what blew me away was, was what you guys did in the tournament. Because we expected you to win on the show, but I don't, I don't think any of us expected five run rules, I mean, three run rules, and then a three shutouts and 27-0 against opponents. Was that kind of like a, a mindset or a goal come in? Was like, we want to run rule these teams and we want to, you know, leave- no Our mindset doubt?
3: wasn't really like run rule, but it was just like, you know, put the ball in play, gap hits, not really too many pop flies, not trying to be so big. And then also like pitching, you know, give our defense ground balls, like try not to leave the ball so much over the plate. And at the end of it, like we weren't giving up at any runs, like barely even any hits. So that really like put all in all together, like defense, offense, pitching, like everything was just well-rounded and balanced out.
1: No, definitely. And like, it was kind of one of those things where you guys secured, um, that score, like, you know, you, you get it pretty early. Obviously you have to for a run rule and everything like that. But once you get kind of to that point where you know you can you can close this game in five innings, um, is there is there a bit of an added pressure to a pitcher on that, like just to be able to shut that team down and be able to keep the keep the defense um and keep their offense scoreless.
3: Um yeah, I could, so what we basically call that our next innings always try to get a shut out out inning when we score runs. So when you do have that little bit of an advantage and a little bit of that push with the runs and that the offense gives you, it kind of lets you relax more and really just like open up the strike zone a little bit for us and just make the ball move, let them get themselves out.
1: Definitely widen the margin a bit. I like it. Mm -hmm.
2: So this year... Oh, go ahead, Colby.
0: go, Go ahead, Jessica. Go ahead with your question.
2: I was just going to say this year, probably the highlight of the season was when you tied the conference record for strikeouts in a single game. Uh, You had 16 against Southern Utah University. Colby mentioned at the beginning, like non-conference was a little bumpy and man, like what a way to come out and set the conference record. So take us through that, whether you were aware of the history you were making in that moment, how did that feel?
3: Honestly, I was not aware of how many strikeouts I had. I was just in my rhythm and just really just throwing the ball how I usually do. I didn't realize until after the game, our um, social media guy, AC, was like, you know, you had 16 strikeouts. I was like, no, you have to be playing." Like I had about like eight or nine, you know, like I did not have that much. He was like, no, and showed me the paper. And I was like. What the heck? Like I did not know like I had that in me myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was definitely in there. Uh and it was it was interesting to watch because you know, for those that weren't at Wildcat softball field that day, you know, we we're all sitting there watching and saying like and, and Garside, who is, you know, calling the game, you know, and it's sort of, you know, it's getting closer, it's getting closer. And then, you know, those last couple of of games, it's like, oh wow. You know, they just uh she just she just surpassed thirteen. Oh, now it's fourteen. Oh, now it's fifteen. You know, like it's like oh my goodness, like she's gonna do it. And then you end the game on sixteen. Like bam, that's the last one. It was like oh wow, there's the record right there. Like can't believe it. Like what a way to wrap that game. And once again, you know, just absolutely dominate.
3: Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. So I I wanted to also ask a little bit about you know we talked about the history there. Um we noted that it was a little bit tough in the out of conference kind of coming back after the 2021 season. But then once you got into that conference slate, you really, you just started to really roll. And in your final six appearances, you gave up just two runs. And that includes an appearance in the conference tournament. You pitched in the semifinal against one of the most, I mean, we talked about this a lot on the show this, this year about how Sac State had one of the more potent deep offenses in the conference, right? That like, Lewa Day and, you know, Lexi Webb and others, or uh, what was the lady? She was, um, I can't remember her name. She, she hit really well in the conference tournament for them and ended up being a, a, a selection for the first team, um, the tournament team. Really tough offense, right? You come in, you're asked to take the ball in the semifinal. And I told everybody, like, if the Wildcats win this game, they're winning the chip. Like, there is no way that they're going to lose twice to whoever comes out of the bottom of the bracket. Like, it's just not going to happen. So you come out, you're giving the ball, shut them down. Um, and like I said, six appearances with just two runs allowed. I mean, what, what's working for you? Like you, you you mentioned earlier, maybe you know trying to throw the ball a little bit too hard earlier and you kind of had found your rhythm at that point and you were just like, I'm just going to paint the corners. Like, talk to us a little bit about that run and about how you were able to find that success and just continue to roll.
3: Well, really hockey was just like... I've come to like when you come to the realization, you're not a strikeout pitcher. You just go out there, get your ground balls, get your pot flies and have that also offensive support and have that team dig into you. Like that's really crucial, I felt like to me, you know, and also going out there and just having fun, not really putting like so much pressure on yourself and not tensing up and just letting the ball go and letting the ball fly really like what helped me and what. Really made me succeed a little bit more.
1: Yeah, well, it worked.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>
0: yeah, just relaxing and just being like, all right, we're just gonna let things roll, and
1: uh, made all the difference.
0: Simon or Jessica, some some more questions for Mariah Ramirez.
1: Yeah. Um, so one of my favorite things, you know, we were kind of talking on Selection Sunday about you know where you guys would place, everything like that. And then you guys did place on that three seed. We saw the video of you guys kind of celebrating around in the um in the room and everything. Um that's always one of my favorite things to do is watch the selection Sunday and see these teams celebrate and everything. What's kind of the energy like when you uh when you get seated as a three seed and when you when you get a cheer with your team, everything like that.
3: Well, going through it, you know, we weren't really caught the last probably two, I think. So we were kind of nervous trying to see like, you know. Like, where we're going to go, we're all so, like, anxious to, just to find out. And we're all making these predictions, obviously, like, crazy predictions. Like, we want to go on the East Coast, or we want to go to, like, Arkansas or something, you know. And then we come out, like, Washington, and we're like, okay, you know what? Like, you know, we're still going to go out there and do damage and just play Weaver State softball. It was so much fun, like, just being there with my teammates. Honestly, just love them. I love this team.
1: Definitely.
2: I still have full faith you're going to Arkansamo, just so you know. <laughs> we went out for our matchup for super regionals. So that's my life plan for you. So as long as you're on board, then it'll it'll be great. I'm, yes. I'm gonna come out with you if you go there. Yes. Um, my question for you is what are you kind of most excited for and most anxious for playing Texas here in a couple of days?
3: I'm just excited to play them again like honestly you know playing a big 12 school like coming from like a mid-major it's just exciting just going like going out there and just seeing the different types of pitching seeing the different types of softball that's out there than what we're used to is just I don't know I'm just like just excited to go to a regional especially with this team like this team is just special that I'm on and I just love every one of them so much and I just Love how we just dig into each other, honestly
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's a good point um mariah you you've had the opportunity to face this Texas squad in the past. you were on the twenty twenty team you were on that team when you know the season got cut short, um, but you did face them in Austin back in twenty twenty um, It's not like the Wildcats got like absolutely hammered i mean it was a nine four loss in austin i mean. Not not bad against a, a, a school that has all the money. Let's be real. Texas has all the money. <laughs>
3: yeah, they do. <laughs> and, yeah,
0: right? I mean, and that's what it is, right? And so, so for you, I mean, is there... Obviously, things change in college softball. I mean, two years is a, is a long time when we're talking about rosters turning over and people transferring and all that. And so, I mean, is there anything to be gleaned from the style of play that you saw in the spring of 2020 to today? Um, like how do you, how do you see them as an opponent today? Is it completely different? Are there some things that are the same? I mean, I'm sure that there are some players on the roster that remain there that maybe didn't have the same playing opportunities back then. Like, like talk to us about like that change and facing another team like this over time in your career in college softball.
3: You know, we're going to be seeing probably like either a true rise ball or a true drop ball pitcher more than what we're used to seeing. And, uh, Also, too, like their lefties aren't always going to just put just like short game us. They're going to put the ball in play and really just try to tap something and run out fast. And I feel like we are going to see a little bit faster people than what we're used to. But I think we'll do fine. We're going to just just fine. Just as we usually do, you know.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, we we'll talk a little bit more about Texas later in the show, but some interesting things about their game. And yes, they do play in the Big Twelve, uh, and they did beat Oklahoma, which is, ah, uh, I mean, seems impossible. Uh, looking at their stats, it's like, how does this team lose? <laughs> like they're just insane. But, uh, but yeah, it will be, I think, a fun and interesting matchup for you all, and especially you know to be in the Emerald City to be at regionals. It's going to be really, really special. Um, Simon or Jessica, any parting questions for Mar- Mariah Ramirez before we let her go tonight?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm just excited to see you guys play. I really am. i love watching you guys play all season. and uh, It's going to be nice to see you play Texas, and I, I can't wait.
2: Yeah, and I just want to say the same thing. Like, good luck. It would be super cheesy. You don't need luck because y'all are just an amazing, skilled team, but really excited to see y'all on Friday.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs>
0: Hey Mariah, uh good. Best of luck to you all in this Wildcat squad. Like we said, we've been following you all the entire season, rooting you on here from Ogden and elsewhere. In my case, <laughs> but like, uh, we also wanted to say congratulations to you personally because you know you were named a second team All Conference selection at pitcher, and so just more more hardware for your trophy case as a Wildcat. Uh, I think next season will be your your final season as a Wildcat. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, and so a, a storied career, man, with one more to come. So, man, we're just so excited for you all. Wish you all the best of luck to, uh, on Friday afternoon. If you don't know, folks, it's three thirty Mountain Time. You, know, you will have the opportunity to watch the Wildcats take on the Longhorns at three thirty. On ESPN, I think it's going to be on ESPN Plus. I don't know, but I think it's also.
3: Uh, on- I think it might be.
0: There was like some. There was some confusion on the on the selection show on like what exactly network it was going to be because they were like, "Oh, it's going to be on Longhorn Network." Like, it better not be because I'm not.
2: They're <laughs> like, I, I hope it. <laughs> <station>. like, well,
0: <laughs> so anyway, wish you all the best of luck, Mo, on Friday, and uh, hope to see. Uh, hope to see more.
3: Thank you, guys. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, we'll see you. Bye. Right. I want to thank uh, Mariah Ramirez one more time for hanging out with us here on Weaver State Weekly and taking some time to chat. Guys, I mean, what, a, what, a, what, a, what a, great, a great example of Wildcat softball, right? Just going out there, doing the thing that she does best, and being very successful at it.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, that was... Um... I was kind of there on that on that game that she uh, she pitched against Sac State. Um, I uh, I had to go to work first, and I was like rushing over from work um, to get to the game and uh, praying that they weren't going to run rule as fast as I because uh, I'm like it was looking like a run rule early on, right? Like I'm like mm, and so I'm like I know they're going to do it, but I'm like, um, but luckily they stayed on the plate long enough, and uh, I saw her pitcher last pitch against that one where pitched out and um, struck out swinging, everything like that. Um, just awesome to talk to her after the game too. She was super excited about it. And yeah, um, great to watch that one. So yeah.
0: That is great. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit now about, uh, about the conference tournament because it was a big weekend. I think we all had plenty of nerves going in. We didn't know what to expect. The Wildcats had secured the conference, the regular season conference title, uh, but we've Plenty of those banners out in the outfield. Not necessarily what this team was after. They were after the conference tournament crown to send them back to the NCAA tournament. Had not been able to go since 2019. Of course, 2020 season was canceled. And then, you know, the ill-fated 2021 campaign and the way that it ended against the green teams, who you don't lose to. So um, let's talk a little bit about this. Because the, I, I, there were lots. there's a lot that we could say about, like Simon, like you mentioned earlier, three games, five innings each. Run rule each. The Wildcats, boom, boom, boom. Conference champions basically as fast as possible. <laughs> you know, like, like you can't get it done faster than the way that the Wildcats did. And so um, the thing that stuck out to me most, and I wanted to get you all's thoughts, I mean, 27 to nothing. And they mentioned this on the selection show. The Wildcats scored 27 runs, did not give up a single run the entire tournament. And I kind of want to ask you guys, like, do you, do you see that more as a credit to the pitching staff because they did great. Like we said, Arissa pitched a couple of gems, and then Mo Ramirez, who we just talked to, pitched that middle game, that semifinal game against a potent Sac State offense. Didn't, didn't give up a single one. Is that a credit to them or is it a credit to the defense? Because the defense on that left side throughout the tournament with Emily Rule and Michaela Donhu were absolutely dynamite. Like nothing got through there um, in that hot corner and, and beyond. So which do you feel it is? Do you feel it's more pitching? Do you feel it was more the defense? Maybe a little bit
1: of both? What are your thoughts? That was a, that is a good one. I, um, you know, obviously when you're run ruling three teams in a row, um, with scores like that, obviously all, all three sides have to be just shut out, you know, fantastic. You know, you, you gotta have great defense. You gotta have great pitching. You gotta have great hitting. Um, I, um, just, just something that I love to see. Um, I, I'm kind of partial to loving, to watch pitchers play. And I think like, you know, you look at the last two games where you look at Mo's game where aside from that first inning, which was really just two hits, um, she pitched a perfect game. Um and can't ask for more on that one. Um and Arissa practically did the same thing the next game um against the same team. So I I loved watching these pitchers play. And I also loved watching the pitchers um, bat. I remember uh, it was the first game, it was Idaho State. And um, it was the first inning, and Arissa hit one to, like, around left field, and it got to the warning track. And um, she was popped out at that point, but then the bases were loaded in the second inning, and <laughs> she hit a grand slam right there. Like, it was like, okay, I know where it needs to be now. And then, um, so... I mean, you can always credit both sides of the ball like that, but I, I love watching these pitchers play. That was my um, – that would be mine right there.
2: Yeah, and I would say – obvious, I completely agree with Simon where defensively, often, you know, we, we just were rather incredible. Um, it didn't hurt, especially playing Sac State, the number of errors that they had. Um, so our team was great. I mean, just like we've talked about, but both times we matched up against that state. Like they just had some un- you know, unnecessary enforced errors and it really impacted their game. And once again, I think that's something that impacts your mindset. So if you're coming in against just a stellar, well-rounded team that's really coming back to be like, this is our house. We lost here last year. Like I think we came in um as a force to be reckoned with. And if you're a team, you know, the last game, I think it was the first one we um first inning, we had two runs and it was like, Okay, well, I'm good. Right. Like you always get a little bit anxious until you get those first two runs in. They came so gosh dang quick. And then it was like, uh, I'm good to sit back for the rest of the game. So I think definitely you know, both sides of the ball, we did fantastic. But um, it, it also helped that uh, we played teams who had unnecessary errors. Yeah.
0: that's no, a good point. I mean, the errors definitely help uh, because there were a couple of times where, uh, who, who was it? Uh, I think it was like Casey Whiting or somebody ends up getting on base. Like there was a, a catcher interference thing where like the, she ran into the, to like somebody, I think it was maybe the pitcher like ran across into the baseline and like she ran into her and it was like, why did you do that? So they said, yeah, that's a base, right? And and there were lots of instances of of that kind of thing happening right throughout these games, and and we know that the Wildcats. We've talked about the fact that the Wildcats do a really good job of forcing. They put pressure on defenses using base running, right? So it's a lot of stealing, stealing second, um, but then also like creating situations where you know maybe. It, they think that they're going to you know pick somebody off, but then something else is happening over here, and, and it just really makes defenses have to make decisions, and they don't always make those decisions, or they don't they don't make the right ones. And so it just it, I think you're right, Jessica, that, like those kinds of things get in people's head, and especially early offense, right? Yep. I agree that like if if the wildcats are in and they're scoring early. That gets into players' heads. Like I was, I was thinking that about in that first game against Idaho State with Haley Rainey. Haley Rainey, she was, you know, reigning Freshman of the Year, uh, which was a great, a great title for her. But um, I, I felt that, you know, in the games that we had, the Wildcats had faced her up in Pocatello. When they were able to score some runs, she really kind of struggled after that. It got in her head, and so if the Wildcats could do that early they were going to be a little bit shaky. I think we saw it again in the second game against Marissa Bertuccio, who ended up winning conference pitcher of the year. Um, she gave up some early runs that made some trouble. And she, I think she only pitched two in, that out, in the semifinal outing, right? And that was on par with what we saw when Sac State came to Ogden for that three-game set. She pitched a couple. I think she pitched three. She pitched like two and a third in the second outing, or something like that. Like they just, she didn't have a lot of really great outings because early offense knocked them out of the game. And I gotta wonder if the Wildcats don't take that same approach to Texas on Friday, where they know that they're going to be facing a very good pitcher. Um, and we'll talk about her in a bit, but it seemed like that early offense really made the difference for the Wildcats, getting those other teams off their game a little bit, and then. Like, Simon, you said, those big, big swings. I mean, you know, Chloe Camarero had some really big swings. Kel McHuston had some really big swings. Even Faith Ho hit her second bomb of the season in the conference tournament, right? That grand slam by Arissa Henderson in the first game, when that grand slam happened, like, I'm, I'm running around the house just, like, yelling, let's go. Because it's like, bro, we're winning this game. Like, there's no way that this Wildcat pitching squad is giving up well, I think at that point we were up like six runs. I was like, there's no way they're giving up six runs to Idaho State. It's not going to happen. And so I feel like that just kind of set the tone and they just kept rolling.
1: Yeah. And I, that's one of the things that I love about the Wildcats batting order, especially during this tournament and everything like that. You know, you look at it. Faith was actually brought home twice on home runners in that first game. Um, she was brought home by that Chloe Camarero one. And she was brought home by that um, Arissa Henderson grand slam, obviously, and everything like that. Or... She may have already been home on the Arista. No, uh, okay. My my memory's going a little bit off on that one, but um, <laughs> you get the point, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Faith Ho is one of those players that can always get on base. You know, we we talk about it time and time again about how phenomenal her batting average is, everything like that. Um, and she's one of those players that'll rip up a defense, hit a triple, anything like that. Um, and then you got two absolute sluggers right after her. Um, And it really does set, you know, the tone of the game. That's how they are able to get these early points and kind of, we talked about Haley Rainey um, and that is one of her only weaknesses is that she was a freshman and, you know, freshmen always come in with a little bit of a, um, it's always a little bit harder. Things get in their head a little bit easier. I think one one of these days, especially when she's a junior, Haley Rainey is going to be one of the top pitchers in the big sky still, uh, no doubt about it. Um, But Yeah. I think, I think that's one of those things that's, you know, it's just perfect combination of just having that early scoring offense right there. So, yeah. yeah,
0: Jessica, I wanted to ask you about Orissa Henderson's performance. I mean, she ended up winning the conference tournament MVP. I mean, she had some big moments at the plate. She also shut out, you know, her opponent in two games. Um, she wins the conference tournament MVP. I think it was pretty clear that that was going to happen after her performance in the championship game. Did you feel that like it was a consolation prize for maybe the picture of the year award that she should have gotten or or maybe it was something else like how did you feel about her winning the conference tournament MVP and kind of what that meant overall
2: Um I I think it was well deserved so could could it be a consolation prize like she deserved it gosh darn it here and before now when we were watching the game I was, you know, with the group I was with, I was like, she's our player of the year. And, you know, we were tempted to taunt everyone about it. Um, But I, you know, just going back to how we've talked about before, like, I think it was absolutely a misstep to not pick her player of the year. And it just felt really good to have her come out and have another consistent showing that demonstrated that she was, you know, the conference MVP and the overall player of the year in our hearts um so i, I think it was very well deserved um on her part certainly um and and was really glad to see it happened also you know just once again not really surprised because she came out again and had another stellar performance
0: yeah i mean uh i i was i guess i was very lucky to not be in the stands for the championship game on saturday because i would have definitely started a chant we want Bertuccio. We want Bertuccio. How do you not pitch the conference p- pitcher? I no game? in
2: right. the clincher game. What in heaven's name? And to bring out their third string pitcher first in the conference championship, like. I watch, I'm like, who is that? Because I got there just a few minutes late. I'm like, who is that person pitching? And like, what in heaven's name were they thinking? Um, so, yeah, yes, I, I, I'm sad you weren't there for that chant, Colby.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, because I had my beef on Twitter about Marissa Bertuccio being conference player or pitcher of the year. And we can argue, you know, and I guess, you know... A lot of it was well. Her in conference stats were very, very good. She pitched a lot more innings than Arissa Henderson did because, like we mentioned with Mariah Ramirez just a, a, se- a segment ago, you know nobody else really had the one-two punch that the Wildcats had. There were a couple of teams that might be close. You know, Idaho State had something, cl- you know, something not that's brewing in Pocatello with Haley Rainey, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't remember what their their McMurray. second pitcher's name is. What, who was it?
1: Emma McMurray.
0: Yeah, Emma McMurray. You know, she she had. I mean, she was. Uh, she, her ERA was was good, you know. what I mean, it wasn't. She wasn't Mo Ramirez and Arissa Henderson, but they they had some options there. But yeah, to not pitch him. in, the, and and I get also get maybe it's like, listen, you've lost to this team four times. You got to try something different, right? Mm-hmm. You got to you got to try something. And so maybe yeah. that's where they pitch Nunez. They say, okay, we're gonna start Nunez. We're just gonna see what happens. See if maybe she can have some success against this Wildcat offense. Because the Wildcat hit tool, we talked a lot about this last week. The hit tool is just phenomenal. And it gives people the opportunity, it gives the team the opportunity to really do some damage early. And so, but no Bertuccio at all in the, in the championship game in five innings, you're not even going to try?
1: That's the thing. Because like I realized she pitched eight innings against Portland State, right? Like yeah. Obviously, that happened. But I, I kind there of use that. on with- the line. Right. I view that as a mistake because, you know, at that point, you you know, you're playing against Portland State and you have to realize, like, you're going to start, you know, you got to start using Lexi Webb or something like that. Just when you get into that, those later innings on that one, because you got to rest up Bertuccio, because in case you make it, you're going to play the best team in the big sky and you have to use your best pitcher. You know, this, you know, pitcher that you've been praising, talking about the entire season, everything like that. Um you have to do that, right? Like you have, you can't pitch your eight innings on the game right before the championship game. No matter what your what your state of mind is, like, oh, we just to have to get rid of Portland State, everything like that. I honestly think they should have brought Lexi up at the end of that game because I think we would have had a little bit more of a competitive championship game with that. Um, so yeah. yeah, not that much more competitive, but maybe a little bit more. I don't know. She wasn't really competitive against us, so yeah. it depends. But yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, one other thing I wanted to shout out, uh, because you mentioned the the the, the eight-inning, you know, extra innings between Sac State and Portland State to move on to the championship game in the bottom of the bracket. Um, the Wildcats did not get an opportunity to face Olivia Gray this season. Um, it was a, a touted matchup. We talked all about it throughout the season. Um, we, we wanted to see that matchup. Olivia Gray did a great job against the Wildcats in the conference tournament in 2021. A big reason why the Wildcats lost on the first day. Um, and so um, are you guys sad that, that the Wildcats never got a chance to face Olivia Gray sad or nah, you don't really care.
1: We got nothing to prove <laughs> we went against everybody else. We got nothing to prove. <laughs> no, that's yeah.
2: I was surprised to not see them. Right. I think it speaks to the strength of Sat state's team against everyone else. who's not sure. us, um, especially here later in the season. Um, and you know, there was certainly part of me that wanted to see it, but right along with Simon, like it, the, the cards were played, so it turned out. Uh, you, we'll we'll you know make up for it next year.
1: <laughs> cards I, <were> played. <laughs> yep, yeah, I think they were those Portland State games. I they went on long, like those were yeah. long games. You had that Montana game that went extra innings and everything like that, um, and. Uh, that's one of the things, you know. You got Olivia Gray, but problem is you don't have anyone else on that bench, and so they were pitching her hard. And um, I think, like, I think she was just gassed. Um, and it really speaks to how important depth is on the team. So,
0: yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you guys what you felt the most clutch moment of the conference tournament was. I mean, could be in one of the Wildcat games. Could have been another one. Like you said, there were a couple that went in extra innings. Um, What did you think was probably the most clutch moment in this, in this conference tournament in Ogden?
1: I don't want to point out the Montana Portland state game because I don't want to give any credit to the Grizz ever because you know, that's just not right. Um, That was pretty clutch though. I'll admit it. Like, you know, those props to them against Portland State. You know, you're obviously an underseeded team, and able to come out and uh, make a statement in that first round. It's a big. That's a big moment. Um, I think. Like honestly, um, Mo's performance in that in that second game was phenomenal, um, and I I really think like there's nothing more clutch um, than shutting down a team like that, especially once you've secured that run rule. Um, and I I think our Weaver State pitching just right there during those last two innings, in innings four and five on every game that we had, um, I just don't think you can play more clutch than that. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think the same way. I, I think our pitching throughout was fantastic. The, the moment where I was like, oh, it's over, right, was really those two runs in the first inning of the third game. I was like, okay, we're good. Because, you know, there was – Part of me that's like, can we do it two days in a row um, against the same team? They've seen us, you know, four times. Like, does this feel different? And once we got those two runs, it was where I was like, nope, with this this is us. This is who we are, and we're going to take this home. So,
0: Yeah, my clutch moment was actually away from the top of the bracket. It was down in the bottom of the bracket, the semifinal matchup between Portland State and, and Sac State. Um, we mentioned Emily Johansson a little bit earlier. She ends up hitting a bomb in the eighth to right field to put the, the Vikings up three two, and I mean that that doesn't last because they come back and you know they're able to score a couple and it's you know and tie the game again. But um, man, that that moment felt so big, and Johansson just had so many of those big hits throughout this, uh, the conference tournament that I was really impressed with her because there were a lot of times where Portland State was just so scrappy. Wouldn't you guys agree in, in this tournament? Like, yes, they lost to Montana and they probably shouldn't have. But in the bottom of the bracket, like they just found ways to claw back and get back into the semifinal. They did lose to Sac State and extras. You know, they couldn't. Olivia Gray, I think, was probably a little bit too pitched out at that point. You know, she just didn't have it, and um, and but they tried. You know, it was a formula that worked for them last year. They rode Olivia Gray's arm all the way through the top of the bracket, and it got them a conference championship. But man, Emily Johansson, I was really really impressed with her game throughout the conference tournament. Um, I was going to ask the last question, but I think we'll skip it and we'll move on. I was just going to ask about who you guys think is going to be competition. I mean a lot of a, a
2: lot exact of things. state they're coming back i mean yeah. they've got lexi webb lua Day, and bertuccio um coming back so I mean, they're gonna we'll be the team to watch true. next year
0: um simon i don't know what who do you think is going to be Because, uh, like i was about to say we, we have a lot of returning i mean the, the core of this team returns next year you know we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're losing Arissa henderson of course we talked about losing abby sagard um Chloe Camarero Yeah, losing Chloe of course which hurts. And there was one more, right? I swear there was Oh, Bimo with uh, Brook Bukmoyia. Yeah. And yeah. so um, so you know, the core of this team remains. And so I think they're going to continue to be the toast of the conference next season, but if if I'm picking a team, Idaho State. So That's mine. Like, really? Something yep. brewing in Pocatello. Oh,
2: I can't wait to argue with y'all next year.
0: Okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, I think we still come out on top, but
0: right. But uh,
2: two to Idaho State, one Sac State. This is going to be interesting to see. And, well, and maybe what my problem is is like I'm not afraid
0: of Sac State now. We just trounced them five times. They scored four runs against us all season, and we faced them four times, five times. They scored four runs in one inning against Arissa Henderson, and that was it. That's all they got. That's all the offense. And of course, you can say, well things are going to be different next year, blah, blah, blah. It's like, are they though? Because it's basically the same lineup minus yeah. Chloe Camarero and Bimo. Like, that's it. Like,
1: th- I'm not in that second That's one of those things. Like we forget about this Idaho state team at the beginning of the, you know, regular season play um, went up against us and probably gave us like one of our biggest scares with that 17 to 11 game. Like,
2: yeah, good call.
1: Yeah. They can, they can play. Like I think Haley Rainey is going to turn into one of the best pitchers in the big sky. Um, she already is, but I think, you know, we're, we're only going to see her get better. Um, I think they have, it is one of those teams that's scary um, because it is a team that, you know, we, we obviously destroyed them in conference tournament, but you remember that regular, that beginning of the regular season, they were close, like yeah. pretty, pretty good. So yeah, yeah. Anyway.
0: Let's talk about Texas, guys. So, Wildcats win the conference tournament. Um, We watch Selection Sunday. The Wildcats are announced our three-seed. That's never happened in the Big Sky Conference before. The Wildcats get the three-seed in the Seattle region. University of Washington hosts. uh, Washington will take on Lehigh. The Wildcats will face the Texas Longhorns of Texas Austin. And so, uh, let's talk a little bit about this, because like Moriah Ramirez noted earlier, the Wildcats have faced this team before. They faced them in 2016. They faced them in 2020 both times in Austin, and now they'll get to face them in Seattle, in the regional. So let's talk a little bit about this team. Um, One of the things that stood out to me was uh, they have... Texas is a funny team because they are similar, I think, to a lot of teams in the Big Sky. They've got one pitcher who is just absolutely dynamite and pitched most of their innings, like a good chunk of the innings that they you know, that they dealt with this year. And that is senior pitcher Haley Dulcini. She's a transfer from Fresno State. I think she's likely, I mean, I think she's very, like, she's going to be it. like, the Wildcats will be facing her in the circle on Friday afternoon. Uh, She's pitched the most innings, 164, and she's got the best ERA on the team at 232. Um, The other thing that that, uh, surprised me about her, she's holding opponents to 168 in the Big 12 Conference, right? Like that's, that's some stiff competition. So she's holding big opponents to 168 in the conference. How do you see the Wildcats cracking a pitcher like her who is now a senior? She's played a whole season at Texas Austin. She's seen, she's basically seen the best in the country. You know, this, this is a Longhorn team that beat Oklahoma, who is, I think the odds on favorite to win the national championship again this year. How do the Wildcats crack her and, uh, and try and get some offense going?
1: Um, I think, I think it's one of those things where, um, she's a tough pitcher to face. Um, but I think we also have to remember that we have a very tough pitcher to face as well, who I, um, you know, we got Arissa, and I think that, you know, I don't think any team really wants to face Arissa Henderson. Um, she is a tough opponent and, um, I think, I think we can square up with them pretty well on that end, just with that, um, I do think that um, one of the things we got to do is just like what we're doing in the conference tournament um, It is getting on base early um, because that that's going to lead to, you know, kind of getting that cracking down and everything. Um, I don't think they're I don't think we're going to win if we get into, you know, inning six and all of a sudden we get our first hit. You know, that's something pretty tricky to do. Um, So I think I think we got to start swinging early. um, And I think we just got to start cracking down that pitching Craig. out the defense because that's one of the things the defense right there is actually their fault that's their Achilles heel um they're not one of the better fielding teams um in the NCAA and so I think yeah I think that's one of the things we get I don't think we're going to see like a, a series of errors like we did against Sac State or anything like that but I do think um that is going to be our our ticket into the second round of this tournament is to take advantage of that defense
2: yeah. And, you know, just to build on that a little bit more. Yeah. She's a fantastic um, pitcher, clearly a very good pitcher competing against some very good teams throughout the year and to hold their batting average, you know, that, that low is pretty incredible. That being said, This is another instance where we shouldn't really sell ourselves short either. When we look at national rankings, we're 20 in batting average, and Texas is 22. So we're hanging right there with this team. Granted, you know, certainly that'll look different against a pitcher like this, but I think we've got just as good about it. When we look at even the teams, you know, in the field, I think that as long as we play our game, then I think that we we
0: might do really well, right? Hmm. Um, So uh, before I move off of this and talk about uh, the Texas offense, I wanted to continue, you know, kind of in the vein that, that that Simon sent us down here where Texas is not necessarily a shutdown pitching team. 2-3-2 is a good ERA, but it's not the best, and even in the Big 12, you know, the, ugh, the Big 12 is insane. Oklahoma's team ERA is 0.81. <laughs> Oklahoma is one, uh, Oklahoma State 1.91 Baylor at 2.91 and Texas team ERA of 3.3. 3. So that's not really the this Texas team's calling card. They're not a shutdown pitching team or they're not a great defensive team either. They came in 6th out of 7 Big 12 teams in fielding percentage, 4th in team ERA. Um, so like you talked about Simon I wanted to maybe put that question to Jessica and like how do you see the Wildcats taking advantage of but I think is an opportunity because we've seen the trickery on the base paths, right? We've seen the Wildcats manufacture runs doing things on the base paths that make defenses have to choose. They're very good at that. Texas is not a great fielding team. And so I think there's potentially an opportunity to use some of that trickery. How do you see it playing out?
2: Oh, I, I think it's just going to be fun to watch. I think, you know, right now I'm sure we've spent hours watching film. And if we, can get the hit, right, if we get on base, then I am, I have such, (laughs) and and if we start to, you know, once again, just like Simon said, I think we do it early and once we do it early, we get our confidence in place and we're good to go. I, you know, just once again, because I I love to look at the national stats, their fielding percentage isn't ranked in the top 50. Um, We are 24, right? So once again, like I have such faith If we have faith in ourselves, we use what I'm sure we're learning in film right now. If we get on base, then I think this is anybody's ballgame.
1: And look out for Marissa Sarada to come on early because she's a phenomenal pinch runner. And I think that's going to defense even more so. Um, So I think we'll see a lot of that come into it.
2: Yeah, and I think, I mean, the way we steal bases is just incredible. Sometimes I'm sitting there watching them and miss to happen, right? I mean, there are times we clearly set up the play to execute that, but there are other times where we are just on the ball looking for the opportunity, right?
0: Yeah. Um, Good call out on Marissa Sarada. I mean, she was put in that position often this season, that pinch running position, and, you know, made her way around. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the Texas offense now, guys one thing that stood out to me was that it doesn't feel like Texas is a, a team with a ton of power. You know, their team leader only had 10 home runs for the season. Now, keep in mind the the pitching that they've been facing and it's like, okay, well, that makes sense, right? Like, they're not hitting a lot of balls out of the yard because the, the, the level of talent that they're facing is difficult. Um, but what, what stood out to me was that they seem to be a very patient team at the plate. They were second in the Big 12 in walks, third in strikeouts, right? And so, like, That's third best, right? They struck out the third least out Mm -hmm. of all the teams in the conference. Uh, And they were second in on-base percentage. Now, keep in mind that, like, Oklahoma is number one in basically all of these, right? (laughs) Like, they're just a dynamo. But Texas is coming in second behind them. And so how do the Wildcats keep the Longhorn offense at bay? Because we've talked about the pitching. We've talked about the stellar defense, especially on that left side, like over the, over the, the weekend during the conference tournament with Emily Rule and Mac Donahue doing just a, a phenomenal job. I mean, how do you keep the offense at bay to give yourself those opportunities? Because facing Haley, Dulcini, like it's, it's going to be tough to get on base. And she's a senior and she's seen a couple of things. So it's not like you're, I don't think that she's, uh, you know, it, you can't, you can't Haley Rainey her where you can just like get in her head early because you're on base and you're scoring runs, right? Like, how do you see the Wildcats keeping that offense at bay? Because it's patient and it's calculating.
2: Yeah, I think it's playing our game, being confident in ourselves. But I also think this is one of the places where it helps to have deep pitching. Right, I assume we'll start Orissa. I don't think it would hurt once again to start mo in a situation like this, but we have other options um and I think that that is what is likely to help us in this. I do not imagine that we see one person pitch this entire game
1: and I take this kind of um like i I look at some of the um I kind of had this belief in basketball as well when um you know we would have these these players that, you know, you just have to kind of let score a little bit. Um, and we kind of had that against uh, Darian White when we played them on the women's side. Um, I think it was around uh, January and we actually ended up beating Montana State and that was one of the bigger games. I think it's one of those things where Janae Jefferson is going to get on base. Yes, It's pretty hard to stop her, right? Um, but, you know, you look at, you know, they, they still have other phenomenal players. You got Mia Scott on there still. A lot of freshmen, um, and I think that you just have to take. Um, you have to factor in which which batters you can really, you know, have some leeway against, and which batters you just gotta say, look, I will try my hardest. Um, I'll make sure that they kind of just try to stay on first base, everything like that, because Janae Jefferson obviously is is a hard player to stop, um, and so I, I think you just have to factor in um, who who is going to be your big threats. Um, yeah and kind of arrange your defensive scheme to meet those those players that you know you can maybe get an out against. So, yeah.
2: Yep. It's, the it's other good. thing that I love about it is regionals is nobody's home, right? And this is West Coast. So the trek for folks from Texas is farther. Not that they're not a team that won't travel, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But that being said, they might be putting all their eggs in a different basket to travel later on, right? When they're a little bit closer to home. So I like the fact that we're on a neutral field for both of us. um, I I think that'll be helpful here as well.
0: Yeah, Simon, good call on Janae Jefferson. I mean, she's a phenomenal player. She's kind of, she's very much, uh, she's a Tony Gwynn-esque player, I think is the way that I would describe her. She led the team in batting average hits, um, two baggers, um, on-base percentage. She also led the Big 12 in hits, doubles, and at bats. Um, And so she's also the one that, on the team that strikes out the least she's kind of tied with a couple of of qualified players at 10 she struck out just 10 times all season um she's a very very patient hitter but she doesn't hit for power and so i think you're right that like with a player like her she's probably going to get on base and you have to do your best then to deal with those who come after her right like players like maria uh this is Ayacopo, uh, right? Like Mary Ayacopo is, I think she had 10 home runs on the season. She's, she plays catcher in first base, but she has power. Uh, she's a transfer from the university of Oregon. It's her senior season at Texas. Um, she's, she's shown some really, some really phenomenal, you know, a really phenomenal hit tool this season. And so you'd have to watch out for somebody like her or uh, who else was I looking at? Um, uh, Courtney day as well. Nine home mm-hmm. runs on the season, 10 doubles, 34, You know it's i mean she's she's good and you got to watch out because she can get you but mia scott janae jefferson mary iacopo i think those are the names that you're probably going to need to watch for with this this longhorns offense parting thoughts folks before we wrap up this segment on texas and who they are
1: i think i think that's one of those things like this texas team is tough um obviously i don't think any of us have a doubt about that you know you're playing one of the top 15 teams in the entire ncaa but if we beat texas you know i i see this as the you know saint peter's right there i, I really do i think that if any team is poised for that cinderella run story i think it's weaver state um i think we all we've all been watching it this season this is a special team and uh, this is one that they can make a deep tournament run so
2: Yeah, the only thing I keep thinking about with this game is my Southern's coming out. I ain't scared. We got this. (laughs) I'm excited Um, for Saturday. I think that, you know, if there was ever a chance, this is the best chance we ever had. And I think a good game against Texas is a good showing that leads us. I think we beat Texas. We make it out to Super Regionals is what I think. So I'm super excited for 330 Friday.
0: All right. Yep. I mean, if this was, if there, if there was a team that was going to make a Cinderella run, like Simon said, this is probably the one probably, you know, I think we, we talked a little bit about this after the Wildcats run ruled their way to a conference championship. Is this the best team that the big sky conference has ever seen? I think so. And a yes. win over Texas would prove it. So okay. we'll see what happens on Friday afternoon at three 30 mountain time as the Wildcats face Texas up at the Seattle regionals in uh, at the University of Washington. Um, my boss actually is a UW grad. And so I was like, hey, what's what's the weather like up there, man? And he's like, eh, it's supposed to be okay. So should be good. We'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully they said it's been really, really gray. So hopefully it clears up for us for Friday so we can have some nice NCA tournament softball and obviously go Wildcats. Um, let's just uh, there's only one one event on the tournament, folks, or on the schedule, and it's the one we just talked about. Friday, May 20th versus number 15, Texas, the NCA tournament regionals in the first round. 3.30 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time. I believe you can get that on ESPN Plus. If that's wrong, I'm sorry. I tried to find a place and like everybody kept leading me astray. So should be on ESPN Plus, I believe. Yeah. You know? So we'll see what happens. But um, we'll wrap up the show. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can email us at weberstateweekly at gmail.com. We've got the patreon.com slash weberstateweekly. Thank you so much to our patrons. Simon Jessica, I mean, we're going to have probably at least one more show this week, uh, this season. So, I appreciate both of you for being a part of the softball show and all of the coverage and watching this team. They've been a ton of fun to watch, and we'll be rooting for them wherever we may be.
1: There we go. Yeah, definitely.
0: So, we'll wrap it up like we usually do. Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 Go Go Wildcats! Oh,